Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a Ridgeview. We are so glad that you're here to worship with us. And my name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the, the pastor here. And I'm continuing on a series called Family Life, uh, More or Less Ideal. And the idea of the more or less ideal is uh, we're not perfect. And I think we all agree with that. And our families aren't perfect. And where we come from is not perfect. But Uh, There is actually hope for each family, and there is God's ideal, his plan. And so in this series, we've been looking at, despite the fact that we have our own issues and our own problems, how do we actually move uh, towards God's plan for family life, and specifically for our relationships? And so over the course of this series, we've been looking at, well, what, what is God's plan, his blueprint? How do we build on that? How do we get past things in ourselves that kind of goes against God's plan? And each week we've been kind of looking at how do we keep our focus, keep our eyes on where God wants us to be, and then how does he help us get there? And that's the great news about God is that he actually makes himself known. He communicates through the scriptures. And so as we read the Bible, we actually can learn who God is. And when we choose to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, we then actually have the power to choose it. And so what we're talking about is this kind of relationship of following God, learning his plan, and beginning over time to adopt it and do things his way. And the good news is we're still not perfect and we still mess up. But I hope this series has been, been a hope to you to give you just a sense of, okay, this is the way that, that we move forward. And if you've missed any weeks of this series, you can always go online at ridgeviewchurch.com and you can click the messages and you can download the message. You can catch up, uh, listen to that on your way to work or whatever that you're doing uh, so you can be uh, caught up, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, Today, I want to talk about something uh, called trouble, and uh, we all face that, uh, however we want to call it. It's the things in life that we face that causes problems for us, pressure, hardships, obstacles, things that we wake up we don't think is going to happen, and all of a sudden it does, and it complicates our life. And in relationships, trouble is something that we're always going to face. We face trouble within us. We face trouble as we relate to others. And so anytime we relate, anytime we're in the room, uh, trouble, trouble is there. And uh, there, there's a, a quote uh, that you'll see up on this, the screen. That which does not kill us makes us, what's that word right there? Stronger. You guys ever heard that? Anyone right when you read that just went straight into that Kelly Clarkson song? What doesn't kill you makes you... I won't do that again, but there's always a free little singing right there. Um, this is a, a quote from the, the philosopher uh, Nietzsche, and uh, this idea of, well, if it doesn't kill you, it, it makes you stronger. And there, there's some truth to that, but there's also, in my own experience, uh, it's not actually that black and white, because we face things that it may not kill us, that doesn't necessarily make us stronger. Have you ever faced something and you really struggled with anger over what you faced? Like trouble, like just anger. You were angry that it happened to you. Have you ever faced something and you're frustrated? And that frustration, at least for me, doesn't make me stronger. It makes me frustrated. Or sadness, bitterness. I could fill in the gap. And so this idea of if it doesn't kill us, it makes us stronger. Well, That's true if, and this is a big if, if you respond in the right way. So really, I would complete that. That which does not kill us makes us stronger if we respond 
in the right way. And that's what we're going to look at today. Well, how do we respond in the right way when trouble hits us? So what I want you to do right now is just to kind of bring this home in your own life. And this is helpful for me to do. Think past this week, starting like today. Everything you faced today, a week ago, last Sunday, have you faced any trouble in your life, any problems, any obstacles? Just think, take 30 seconds. What pressure, obstacles, hardships, trouble, what, what have you faced? Take a moment just to think about that. You guys all holding your breath? Because that that is like the quietest room I've ever, that was impressive. How many of you could think of something? Right? All of us. And if I were to extend that that further, that, that thing that you thought of, take just a moment to think. What was your initial reaction to it? See if you can pinpoint. What was the initial reaction that happened, either outwardly or inwardly? What was your initial reaction? Take 10 seconds to think about that. So I'm, I'm going to I'm just going to list common reactions that I have, and just, you could nod your head, just, you do a little little thumb raise, just like a, if you just feel it, you just, that's right, you could just say that. I don't think you guys are going to do that, but, um, so how many of you, like me, uh, you're, you're surprised when it happens? Like, you're like, what? How? And he, like, how did, how did that happen? Why, why did that happen? There's like a surprise. I see, I see some. I see some out there. Uh, what, what about just, like I mentioned, the frustration? Is that common? I, I get frustrated. What? Oh, again? Maybe the same problem that you've had. Maybe it's trouble with the car. Maybe it's just the same issue. Um, how many of you just get just mad? Like I, I, I am just chapped. I'm so mad that this happens. You just grit your teeth. That's you, you just grit your But all this stuff, this stuff happens. And, and what we don't realize in life is that our reactions, again, lead us down, down a path. And our initial reactions aren't bad. It's normal. We're going to face things, and we will be frustrated. We will be angry. We will be sad. We'll be mad. We'll be frustrated. But then... Once that initial reaction comes, then, then what do we do? And so I, w- I want to kind of give us the, the track for what do we do once we face it and once we realize we're in the middle of some problems, what do we do? So here's kind of perspective, which I've already said, but just to kind of lay it out there. Here, here we go. Trouble, you'll see it on the screen. Trouble is a normal part of life. We, we know this. Check this scripture from Job 5. For affliction, affliction, problems, pain, does not come from the dust, nor does trouble sprout from the ground, but man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. So it's giving you a picture of a fire. You guys remember like, you ever been to a camp, camping and a campfire, 
And, you know, not the fake ones where you turn on the light switch and those don't have sparks. But I'm talking the outdoor fire to keep you warm in the middle of nowhere. And if there's wood and oxygen and flames involved, sparks always go upward. They fly out. So the, the writer of the scripture is saying, if you've ever seen a spark fly, that's a reminder, like, anytime there's a fire, there's going to be a spark. And they always fly. And it's basically saying, like, that's what life is like. Just as you see those sparks fly, you're going to face trouble. You're going to face afflictions. You're going to face pain. You're going to face pressure. And so the issue here is trouble is, is a normal part. If you face trouble, you're normal. Aren't you glad you came to church today just to find out that you're normal? That's true. Sometimes we need to face because there's this part of us where it just feels like, oh, what's, what's wrong? Why do I, I face this? And we can just even add more pressure on us. But it's It's normal. Now, that's true, but have you ever asked the question, why? Why, why did this happen? I know I ask that all the time. Why, why? Why am I dealing with this? Why did this happen now? What did I do? And you begin to maybe look at things that you've done. You begin to look at others around you, and you begin to just try to figure this out. Why is this happening? So it's one thing to know trouble is a normal part. Sure as the sparks fly, we're going to face it. The second question is, well, where, where does this come from? I want to give you a picture that, that's really helpful for me. So you guys know an onion? You ever cut the inside of an onion? There's multiple layers. Here's the sources of, of problems. Now, I just like, number one, what is it? Stupidity. Now, that's like a hard one just to face. But there's a lot of things in my own life that I've experienced pain because I've just done dumb things. These are the things that my kids want to know about. Dad, they always try to figure it out. Like, Dad, can you tell us stories like when you've done something really dumb? Sure, how long do you guys have? But all of us, we, we, do, we do stupid things. Just, you know, I, I've once looked on my phone when I'm driving. Anyone ever done that? I've done that. I'm guilty. And you know what? That's stupid. The reason I know that is because I crashed into a car that was stopped on the freeway. So I had a lot of trouble because of a stupid decision. And we we all do in different things. And it's not necessarily I'm stupid, but I didn't maybe do the wisest thing and I had a lapse in judgment. And then there's just other things where you forget you ever face trouble because your battery's drained? Why does your battery drain? Sometimes you leave the lights on. I've done that. That causes pain. Now, that, that's minor, but there's all sorts of other things where we can cause harm to ourselves. Second thing is sin. Uh, the reason there's problems and the reason there's trouble is because there's actually sin in the world. It's, it's cursed. Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, sinned against God. They rebelled. And it brought curse and judgment on the entire earth. So the reason that there's trouble and suffering is because it's broken. The world is broken. It's not how God intended. That's why relationships are broken. That's why there's disease. That's why there's all sorts of things is because of that. And that leads to the next thing of the curse. Because of the sin, everything is cursed. Things break. We get blisters. If you ever do yard work, because... That yard doesn't want to be put into shape. That's part of the curse. So there's things I do that cause problems. 
Just sin leads to the broken world. The curse, you see it, the brokenness extended. And then also, there is an an evil one called Satan. And he causes problems. And if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ, and you're trying to figure out the spiritual realm, the spiritual realm is real. You don't necessarily see it, but it impacts this world. And the person leading this world and the values of this world is Satan himself. And it goes against the ways of God. But Satan can cause problems. He can cause pain. And his followers, demons, can, can do that too. You don't hear that a lot, but that, that's real. And then the, the last one is God himself. Everything actually flows through God's hand. That's what it means for him to be sovereign. It flows through his hand. Nothing goes against his watch. He knows everything is going to happen. He's all-knowing, and he allows it. And there's sometimes, if you are a follower of him, we'll read a scripture like that in a moment. If you're a follower of him, he, he will discipline you like a son or a daughter too. And Sometimes he can be the source of pain out of his love. Now, that's counterintuitive. And so what happens most of the time is problems happen, and we initially say, why? And our why is pointed at, most of the time, God. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I have. Why, God, why did you let that happen? The reason I show you this is that it's, it's actually, it's not just God. There's a lot of other things that, that go. And I, I give you this just to give you a sense of if you've ever battled and just wondered the why, why is this happening? It's happening because there's all sorts of sources for pain and suffering and trouble and pressure. And I'm in the middle of it and you're in the middle of it. Sin's in the middle of it. The curse is in the middle of it. Satan can be involved. It flows through the hand of God. It's all in the mix. This is helpful perspective. Because sometimes our simple thing is, is, who can I blame? And if it's just me, then I just blame myself, and that may not be the case. If it's just God, then I just blame him, and we have a real problem in our relationship. So I give you this just to give you a sense of, okay, there, there's all sorts of sources. We know trouble is going to happen. The question is, is why? But the answer is, we actually don't always know. Now, isn't that frustrating? We want the most linear, just, I'm having this problem. Show me that A happened. Show me what caused it. And I hope it's B and there's a connection. Sometimes it's not. It's not that easy. There's all sorts of things going on. So we have to move past the why, and that's where I want to take you, you next. So trouble is a normal part. Now, this is the hope. Since it's normal, and since it could come from a variety of places, here's the truth we need to hold on to. And that is God uses trouble to train his children. So trouble is like pressure. and It's like the heat is getting turned up in your life, and it gets your attention. Isn't that right? Earlier uh, this morning, my, my hand was hurting, and it was like bothering me, and I was trying to move it. And then later in the morning, I saw that I had a huge splinter in my finger. I have no idea how it got there. And as I looked at that, it was causing pain, and it got my attention, and then, you know, just manhandled it out of there, just ripped it out. It wasn't that. It's, I'm sounding like it was a bigger deal. 
I ripped it out and I held it and it, it didn't bleed at all, but that, you know, you guys don't know that. Um, and, and I pulled it out, but it was, it was, that's how trouble is. There's, there's something that gets your attention and then because it gets your attention, you, you focus on it. And that's partly what God does is no matter where the source is, he is present where your trouble is. So he, he's there where the pressure is and he wants to use that to train you. He wants to use that to grow you. If you follow him, he will use that as an environment for you to learn. And here's what the scripture says that, that, that show this. You'll see it on the screen. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. But what son is not disciplined by his father? So I, I'm a father. and There might be some fathers here. And there, there, I know that there's some, some moms here. But all of us have come from parents. And there's just a phrase that you may have heard from your parents or grandparents. Or you may have said it yourself. But when I tell my kids, I'm doing this because I love you. And every kid is... No, you don't, because it's really hard to equate pain, discipline with what? With love. But when you're a parent, you actually get that, because when you're training your child to not make themselves the center of the universe, to put people in front of them, to make a right choice, you're actually setting them up for a successful life. And that, that's because you love them. Because you know if they think that life revolves around them and they're the most important thing in the universe, they're gonna be the most unhappiest person alive. And you know, that's in all of us. We wanna be the center of things. We want our own way in things. And what God does is he allows pressure to come to cause us to realize like we can't be the center of the universe. That's his job because we can't bear the weight of the situations we face, he draws near to us and says, I'm, I'm right here. Alex, you can turn to me. I'm right here. So let's go on and see what it says next. It says, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. Now, this is where it gets real. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, Right? I don't like the pressure, I don't like trouble, I don't like hardships. When I was younger, I didn't like spankings. And my mom spanked me, and my dad spanked me, and I didn't like it. Why? Because it hurt. But they were doing that to teach me and to, to train me. And the writer's just saying, we don't think it's pleasant at the time, it's, it's painful, but, but here's, here's the comfort. Read these two words. Later on, however... So it, it hurts, and we're not getting everything we want in the moment. But later on, however, it produces what? A harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So God allows the hardship, allows the pressure to get turned up. So we look to him. And we say things like, God, I'm facing this, and I don't know what to do. Will you help me? God, I keep going this way and it keeps on burning me. Will you show me a different way? He wants that pressure to mount and to build. So we'll look to him and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Father, will you, will you help me? And what the writer of Hebrews knows and what God knows even more so is that without pressure as humans, we tend to do things independently just whistling while we work. 
life is good. We're on our own. I think, did I just whistle uh, Andy Griffith? I think that just came out of nowhere. That was old school right there. But that's what it's like. It's just We're just whistling, doing life. It's all going great. And where's God? We're just, we don't need him. And then pressure comes. Oh, God, where are you? The whistling stops. And it reminds us of the need for him. It's parental training. He, he trains us just like good parents do. He allows the pressure to come, so we'll look to him for help. And this is where I am with my kids. It's like, I will help you. I want to help you. But I can't help my children if they don't actually want it. I can give it to them, but if they don't want it, I can't really help them. And that's the same with God. The pressure comes, the trouble comes, obstacles come, frustration comes, all the emotions that come with it, and we have a choice. Will I keep whistling while I go on my own path independent, or will I look to him and say, okay, God, you're right, I, I need help. And that's what he wants. He gets us to the point where we'll allow God to train us. So here's the key. Don't short-circuit the process. So in the scripture I just read you, nobody thinks discipline is pleasant at the time. Can you guys just agree? Do any of you think discipline is pleasant? I don't. Raise your hand. It's not pleasant. None of us like that. So we can all agree. It's, it's, hard things are terrible. We don't want hard things. We want easy things. We want easy life. So we're, we're you know, vert to like, pain coming, and it's all of us. We, we just want the escape as quick as possible. Just, I want to get past it. I want to move beyond it, and that, that's normal. However, in the middle of the hard things we face, if we're facing them, there's just times where God, God wants to do something, and you don't know what it is, and you don't know how long it's going to take, but God wants to do something. So it's proof that that God is real, he's personal, he's present, and in the middle of it, we can turn to him. So Romans 5 says this. Pay attention to to these words here. These are are helpful for me. So not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. But not only that's referring to the fact that we can, when you decide to follow Christ, you're in his family. It's going back to this idea of building on he's the father and you are the children. So not only that, can we be in his family if we follow Jesus, but we can rejoice in our suffering. So we're in his family, and because of that, there's a point to the pain. There's a purpose in the pain. But we rejoice in our sufferings, check this out, knowing that suffering produces what? What does that word say? Endurance. Now watch how these build. And endurance produces what? Character. And character produces what? Hope. And I love this. And hope does not put us to what? Shame. Shame is one of the most powerful emotions and experiences that pulls us down in life. It's shame. It's regret. It happens in the middle of pain. It crushes us. Disappointment overwhelms us. Our own sin, we get so bogged down with, and it produces shame, and we make no progress. And what the writer is saying is, is for you to get hope that does not put you to shame, it comes through character. And the character comes through what? Endurance. And then how does the endurance come? It comes through suffering. 
Now, if you're like me, what I want is, God, good morning. I want to be filled with hope, and I go straight to hope. How many of you are like that? God, I just want happiness today. Just bless, bless me today. And sometimes God says, I'm so glad that's what you want. But he knows that the process for hope, for it to be lasting, doesn't come from just filling us with hope. Sometimes hope comes from lessons learned, experiences with him. And when you have experiences with God, he's formed a track record with you. And when you face things again, you look back at the track record with God, the experience, and you know he never left you. And when you face hard things again, you look back and you know he never left you. And so God uses these hard things to show his track record of faithfulness. And it comes as hope that doesn't put us to shame. And then the last part, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Here's the thing. Everyone in the whole entire world wants hope and to move past shame. And not only that, everyone in the whole entire world wants love that is poured out on them. Everyone. Every single person, I don't care who they are, where they're from, what culture they're from, their background, where they're headed, everybody wants love to be poured out on them. And what God is saying is, is I'm ready to pour it out. And this is this picture of it, a non-stingy, faithful, loving God that draws near to us in our hardest times to pour out his love. And not only that, but if you follow him, he will give you himself. Holy Spirit will live inside you. When you decide to follow Jesus, he comes in and he guides you. And the love that he pours out is received. And you walk with him. And that endurance there, that that word, it means standing under the pressure without crumbling. God wants to give you this endurance so when pressure comes, you won't be crushed by it. That comes as you turn. Character uh, is proof and evidence of what you believe. He wants to you know, produce this proof, and that comes from that experience. I know who God is because I've experienced it. It's character that's in you. It's like a conviction. Nobody's going to change the way you think about God in a situation. Nobody's going to change what you think is right. And then hope, it's expectancy. It's the opposite of shame. Shape is, shame is there, there's, no, there's nothing good that will come. You can't expect it to come. Hope is God is changing me. He's, he's growing me. And it comes so many times through hard things. And so I want to encourage you for this to happen, to rejoice. This sounds so counterintuitive. But you see this in the scripture again, this perspective. So go back to your initial reaction when trouble comes, the frustration, the disappointment, the anger, the surprise. All of those are normal. But you have to get to the point, and this comes as you walk with God, as you grow in him, and as you turn to him for help. You get to the point where you're like, man, God, the pressure is on. I am feeling it. I am stressed. I am overwhelmed. You are up to something. You're up to something. You want to teach me. You want to help me. Because where the pressure is in your life, 
that's where God wants to grow you. And he will. If you want to know where God wants to grow you right now, look at where the pressure is. And that is where it comes. So I want to close with just practical things, asking this question. And if you're taking notes, there's kind of a section at the bottom. You can jot this down. These aren't going to be on the outline itself, but you'll see it up here on the screen. So here's a key question. How do I help my family face trouble together? So whatever your family situation is, how do I, how do I help? So if you're parenting adult kids, how do I help them face trouble? If you're parenting young kids, how do I help them face trouble? If you're relating to your parents and they're aging, how do I help them face trouble? If it's just you and, and you're just single, how, how do I help my friends? How do I still relate to my parents? All of us, as we're in these relationships that we have, how do I do this in a way that is going to be helpful for me as I face it? And then how can I help others in whom I'm relating to as they face hard things? It's not about you, but if I'm having a good day, it's not long before I meet somebody that's not, right? And our tendency is when we're having a good day, be like, man, I'm going to stay away from that person because my day's good. Like, you know, it's like if I get too close, it's going to rub off. But actually, we, we have an opportunity. What do they want? They want hope. And what do they want poured out on them? Love. So we have an opportunity. We can extend that to them. And so here, here's the first thing. How do I help my family face trouble together? How do I help the people who I love face trouble? First thing is ask God for help. I don't know how many times... I need to hear this every day because, again, I'm just whistling while I work. And I just need to remember that God is there waiting to help me, but I need to ask him. Just like my own kids, if my kids aren't asking for help, they're not ready to receive it. And it's the same with God. God, why are you bothering me? Why are you nagging me? Why are you controlling me? God is a God who gives freedom to us. And in that freedom, we actually can choose to do it our own way. So asking God for help. So, so here's, here's how I do it. Where you're worried, where you're worried right now, that's what you need to pray about. Turn your worry into prayer. That's what the scripture says. Do not be anxious about anything. But in prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. As the worry comes, don't go down the pit of worry. What's going to happen there? Well, I don't know. But if that happens, what will they do? Well, I don't know what they're going to do. What if that person does that? And then what if this situation? Have you ever lost minutes of your life for scenarios you've run from something that's never happened? That's called movies. And your life's not a movie. You have to live it. So deal with what is. So take your worry and list it out and, and pray. And so what I do is, God, I, I'm worried about my, my child. These are all the things I'm concerned about. I'm, I'm worried about my finances, and this is what I'm concerned about. I'm worried about my health, and, this is, and you, you list it out, and you ask God for help. Uh, some other things I do is, is, is help me not to go, go to the reaction. Help me not to, to isolate myself. That's our tendency. When we feel trouble, 
We run the things of no one understands me. No one can help me. No one is there for me. Prayer has a way of reminding you of the truth. God does that. One, I'm here for you. I'm your God. Two, I have people that longing to help you. you. You have to look and you have to ask for it. So help me respond in the right way. And then just ask specific things. God, will you help me to trust that you're going to come through? God, will you help me to do the next step that I need to do? God, will, will you help me to treat this person right as they add pressure onto me? And, and the, the list goes on and on. So that's the first thing. Ask God for help. The second thing, this is for parents specifically. Parents should provide a shelter in the storms. You have an opportunity as a parent to provide a shelter. And in Proverbs 14, 26, it says this, he who fears the Lord has a secure fortress, and for his children it will be a refuge. Your, your financial provision can help your kids, but it may not. Your plan for your kids may be your plan. They may not follow it. It can't ultimately protect them. What this scripture is saying is if you want to actually provide protection for your kids, it's nothing material. This is why the spiritual realm is so important because if nothing material can protect them, then ultimately it is spiritual. Now, as parents, you still have to provide for you. It's still good to work so your kids can eat. But ultimately, they want protection over the course of their life. Even after you're gone, fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord means I'm going to do what God says, and I'm going to stay in his boundaries and take him seriously. What he says, he's serious. You know, as a parent, you want to tell your kids something, or you may remember your parents, and they're like, I'm not messing around. You ever remember, like, your family saying that? Your dad or your mom, I'm not messing around. And then all of a sudden, oh, man, it just got real. And I found myself saying that. You need to listen right now. <laughs> Just, you know, because maybe they're going to hurt themselves. It's kind of that thing of like they're going to run out in the street. The kids, it's like, it's going to go okay. Don't you ever run in that street again. You guys know what I'm talking about? Sorry, I'm having like a little scenario with myself up here, but you guys get what I'm saying. That's the fear of the Lord, and that's God's word. God is saying, let me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Don't you do that. That's going to bring death on you. Don't you do that. That's going to bring judgment. Don't you do that. That's going to bring pain. Don't you do, and fear of the Lord is, all right, all right, dad. All right, dad, you have my attention. And as a parent, if you follow God seriously, where you don't kind of go to the edges and I'm near the cliff looking out at the life that he says is not for you. You stay in the boundaries of what's right according to his word. It's a fortress for your kids. It's a fortress. Really quick, it's connected to what I just said. The third is you need to stay within God's boundaries. Um, when, I, when I face trouble... I like to kind of take care of myself, it feels like. Like, just 
make myself feel better. I'm a stress eater. Any guys stress eaters? It's getting real this morning, isn't it? But you know why I, I stress eat is because it makes me feel better. It's like control. Like I'm frustrated, I'm stressed, but you know what I can do? I can eat that bag of chips, and I can eat the whole thing. And it feels good. And, and what it is, is is there's a part in all of us where trouble comes, we just look for the nearest thing that's going to make us feel better. Help us cope. Take the edge off. It could be alcohol. It could be food. It could be just, you know, adultery can come from this. You just, I just need to control something, and I need to feel better. But you, you want to stay within God's boundaries. Proverbs 30 says this. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. You see that again, the fortress? You see the analogy here, the picture? He's a shield. He's a fortress, a refuge. Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. Now, the picture I always see is like, okay, it's like taking you know, the, your Bible, you know, not on your phone, but actually if you have a paper Bible, remember those like paper trees? They make paper Bibles, if you open that and it's like, well, I'm not going to write, write on my Bible. Like, I'm not going to add my own things. We don't, we don't usually do that. But what the, the writer is saying is, is, I know what you say, God, but in my special circumstance, I, I, know, I know what you mean, God, but just this time. And you have the freedom to blow past the boundaries God's put. You have the freedom. He will let you. He'll also let you move past the fortress and the shield and the protection. So when you face trouble, the best thing you can do is look to God and do what he says. Because what's worse than the trouble you face is going off the path of what's right and just heaping more problems and more trouble. Now, let's be real. That's the course of most people. I'm stressed, and so I bought this new car. You think, doesn't that add more problems ultimately because now you have, like, a lot of money you have to pay? But it makes them feel better, and it makes us feel better whatever it is that we do. And so you stay within his boundaries. Be careful. And there's, there's protection. And then last, how do we face trouble together is we commit to grow in wisdom. Proverbs twenty eight twenty six says this, he who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. There's times I read the Bible and I think it's the most straightforward thing ever written. Because it is. Because God put it together, and it's his words. And he made us. And so he knows exactly who we are and what we need to hear. And when I read Proverbs, Proverbs is a book of wise sayings. Sometimes it hurts a little bit. It stings. He who trusts in himself is a what? A fool. He who thinks that you have all the answers. He who thinks that he knows how everything is going to work out. 
Now, he is universal. That means she too. Ladies, if you're, you know, all of us, anyone who trusts in themselves is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. And I, I want to close out with, with that scripture, but, but also to, to encourage you. So pull out your connection card that, that Joel had you fill out. And if you haven't yet finished filling that out, go ahead and do that. And we're going to receive our offering, and you can drop that connection card in there. Since the, the Bible is really specific, if, if you would like to kind of know what, the God, what God says about certain areas related to maybe things that you're, you're facing and you, you need help, um, I will send you this week an email with proverbs about that area. So if you face trouble a lot because of anger, uh, write that on your connection card. Can you send me some proverbs on anger? Uh, if you face it on pride, dishonesty, your, your speech, laziness, if you're like, just send them all. I just need all the help I can get. Like, you, you can write that. What if, if you want to know, okay, I, I tend to get in a lot of trouble in this area. If this is true, if, if his wisdom keeps us safe, then what do we need to know? His wisdom. And I think part of our problem is, and in my own problem is, I just don't know the truth, and I need the truth. And so that's what we want to help you with. We want to help you know the truth. And so if there's an area like, I just need to know more about this, write, write that down, and, and I will send that to you this week. And so that might be the first next step. Uh, you'll see here on, on the screen, we have next steps each week. The first one is blank. What next step do you need to take today? Is it, I need to read one of the scriptures that I brought up? Is it, I need to look at my reactions is it, I need to turn to God and ask him for help? You know, whatever it is, just you can write that. And so what you do is on the connection card, there's a place that says next steps. Just write, write in what, what you need to do. And the second is, is kind of like it to give you maybe a, a specific idea. If there's a scripture that you need to, to memorize, and I, I mentioned a lot of them, and it could be to memorize one of them that I send to you if, if you request it. But I encourage you to do that. Memorize a scripture. Because if you don't have it in your mind, in your heart, you don't have it. So maybe this week you just need to memorize something that will help you keep on track. And so write, write one of those next steps down. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite the, the band to come back up. And I'm going to close us out in prayer. We're going to receive our offering. And you can drop your connection card in there. And if I've never met you, um, I'm going to be back by the information table, and uh, we have a guest gift that we'd like to give to you if this is your first time. And so we'd love to meet you and um, just say hi. So we'll be back there. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you for your word, which speaks plainly about who we are and what we need. Thank you for being a God who chooses to relate to us as a father. And with that, there's this closeness and there's this guidance. And there's this training that you want to provide. God, help us to be open to learning from you. 
And if there's anyone here that's just facing trouble, that's overwhelming or crushing, God, may they turn to you and receive endurance. And will that endurance grow in them character? Will that character grow hope that does not put us to shame? So God, as we close out our service, will you pour out your love as we turn to you? In the name of Jesus, we pray.